Welcome into another edition of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike of Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame. We're broadcasting, as we always do, from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. We'll talk some high school football, some NFL and Bengals, some college football with a huge game. Just up I-71 in Columbus, UC, traveling to take on Ohio State. Is that we, this week? It is this week. Oh. That's, that's what they said, at least. Oh, huh. Are you going to be there? Yep. All right. We'll, we'll talk about it, okay? Yep. Sound like a plan? Great. All right, let's do it. We're going to start with some high school football, though. Week one is in the books in uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, Southeast Indiana finishing week two. So, and uh, actually, in Northern Kentucky, they technically finished week one, but some teams have already played two games because they have a week zero. Did you jot all that down? Got it. All right. Week zero. Week zero. Bye. Bye, Bye week. Sorry about some of the the, 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 the bigger team wins in Cincinnati uh, last week. We'll start with, with Elder, which was our number one team in the local 12, top 12 Um and certainly played like it, I thought, in, yes. in their opening win at Kahana Lincoln, winning 41-6. to Big night for a quarterback, Matthew Luby. He threw, he was only 4-7 of seven for 111 yards passing, but carried seven times for 241 yards and two touchdowns, so 350 yards. I think that speaks to, A, his athleticism, but B, yep. we talked about that that big offensive line that Elder has. I think they're going to be very good. Yeah, this, this jumps out of typical... Elder punch in the mouth type of play that they've been accustomed to with Doug Ramsey at, at Elder. Uh, whether it's been, you know, you go back to the Bradley Gladhauer days, uh, the ground and pound. And in recent years, he's made that transition of, look, we're going to use our quarterback to run more. And when you do that, you even out the numbers. If, if, if yeah, because he's not accounted yeah, for a lot yeah, of times. If, if the linebacker, if the defense and if the D line and linebackers have seven and you only have six blocking. With a running game, well, you're you're a guy short. Now you use the running back as a blocker. You get head on head there, and, and now you have a chance to to free up. And and I think Elder's done a better job than most teams around here to utilize that over the last couple of years. And they also have had the quarterbacks to do it. Yeah, I mean Peyton, that, Peyton right. Ramsey, and he was a dual threat. Michael Bittner was yep. be, became a better thrower, but he was a great runner. Right. And, and now Matthew guys, Luby. All those guys you thought they can run, but it, when they need to, they can make right. throws. And right. and and that's certainly the case. And when you look at up front, the talent they have on the offensive line. You look at the talent they have at tight end. That's going to be – if you can run the ball like that, guess what? Play action, down the field shots become a lot more uh, beneficial and a lot easier to take for that elder offense that I think showed why you and I both had them number one early. Yep. Uh, elder plays uh, Friday against Indianapolis Cathedral. That Indy Cathedral team just beat Moeller 28 to oh. nothing. I didn't have Muller in the in the local twelve top twelve to start yeah. the year. I don't regret the decision. Now I, I, it's going to be a long year for the Crusaders. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be a long year. And, and you see a, a score twenty eight nothing. It's easy to say oh, it's just bad on both sides. Like I I, I think the Muller defense battled. Eight, yeah, they turned it over eight turned times. Turned it over eight times. And and one of those was returned for a touchdown. Another returned. I mean, it, you you put the defense in a lot of bad situations. It was seven nothing at halftime. And, so and they, yeah, yeah Muller, Muller played about as bad as you could. Uh, it just it, it's not a I, – I knew when Rossfeld left they didn't have a ton coming back from that team last year, and I know they're young, especially on the offensive right. line. So you go through your, your scars this year. But, man, when you, when you start off in a game like that – and I don't think Cathedral's the power that they have been in years right. past, and they turn the ball over a bunch too, but eight turnovers, 28 nothing. Could have been a lot worse. Could have been worse. And and even Muller, through their scrimmages, haven't scored the ball at a high rate. So it, it's going to be a struggle for this offense going forward this year. Uh, another team in the GCL, South St. Xavier, with a nice win over Brownsburg, Indiana, 38-17. Brownsburg was ranked 
I believe, two, number two in 5A uh, in Indiana. So that was a pretty good win for them. And a really good night for their quarterback, Matthew Reedy, 21 of 35, 301 yards passing. It didn't look like they ran the ball great, but they certainly got it done with Matthew Reedy. And and I know you're high on him. I know you work yeah. with him. So uh, certainly a good night, good start for him. Yeah, well, you you get to see why. And it, it's been hard for Matthew Reedy the last couple of years. You've sat behind Chase Wolf. You sat behind Wyatt Hudipole for most of the season last year. What I like about Matthew's game is they, they've now transitioned. Uh, they bring in uh, Andrew Coverdale from Trinity as an offensive coordinator. And that offense that they're running is a lot of pro-style stuff. So it's not the typical shotgun, no-huddle spread. They knew they had a deficiency on offensive line. You lose Paris Johnson right. to Princeton. Right. And, and they've implemented a lot more play-action pass. They move the pocket. And they take chances – and what Coach Coverdale has is a quarterback that knows when to take the chance and when not. They ran a wheel route, like a throwback pass the other night, and it wasn't there and the ball's thrown away. And that sounds like a simple play, but too many times guys try right. to fit that no, in. No doubt. Or they hold onto the ball too long. It is a very smooth relationship right now from offensive coordinator to quarterback on the field, and a lot of that comes from the time that Matthew puts in outside of football on the mental side of the game and understand the offense. And I think – like I, there was a lot of unknowns coming in. Saint X against, like you said, Batesville wasn't a bad team. Brownsboro, yeah, but yeah, Browns, yeah, 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 no, they're a good team. They're yeah. they're a good team, and and Saint X pretty much handled them in a lot of different ways. I think Saint X has put themselves kind of at the top there with Elder of that that division. I would agree. Uh, they play the big rivalry game this week with Colerain. Colerain did get a get a win in the first game yeah. without Tom Bolden as a head coach, but only had two hundred and twenty five yards. They did hold hold Hubert Heights Wayne to two seventy three. So that Colerain defense. Probably still has enough juice in it, but I think that offense is going to continue to be a work in progress. Yeah, they, they've they've tried to to run out there through the preseason two different offenses, and a like, passing uh, quarterback, quarterback and an different. option. Like yeah. you have an option guy and you have a passing guy. Well, you can't go through the season with both, so you have to decide on one and go with it. And you got to put more time practice because you got to imagine how their practices go right now. Probably half the reps option, half the reps shotgun. So. You need full reps going into weeks, especially a week like this. Yeah, you got to make a decision and go for it. I'm, I'm interested to see Cole Rain uh, because I know they scrimmaged Lakota West and Lakota West beat them. And Lakota West, and Lakota, just Lakota lost West lost pretty bad to Lasalle. Yeah. So I'm interested to see this week if if Cole Rain is still going to be the Cole Rain that has to be reckoned with in that GMC because yeah, we because know what other, Princeton is, we know what Fairfield Fairfield's is. really good. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting because Cole Rain. We talked last week. They want to be the top dog still and. They got the chip on the shoulder. This week is going to go a long way in seeing how close they are to where they've been. Yeah. Speaking of other GMC teams, Fairfield with a with an opening win. Juton McLean doing his thing, 20 yep. carries for 168 yards, but their defense allowed only 128 yards. So uh, you talk, this feels like one of those years in Princeton. We broadcast the game. I did it for, for ESP Media. I'll be doing it all year long. We did it this past Friday against Milford. Uh, they did not look great offensively. In fact, Paris Johnson really struggled. Had a couple of holding penalties. Had a couple of smaller guys use their quickness around him. But, boy, I thought defensively that Jaheim Thomas, who's going to UC, yep. and Darian Henry, who's going to Ohio State, are just wreckers. If they stay healthy, those two guys are yep. almost impossible to block up front. The question is, can they get enough offense? Uh, MJ Horton, the quarterback, really struggled with his accuracy. Yep. Uh, went out for a play with cramps. Dorian Durham came in, and he threw a touchdown pass on a right. third and eight play. Um, but well, that was And that was a quarterback battle going on through camp. Through camp, correct. So I don't know if, if maybe they look and they make some type of change going forward. Uh, and you certainly you talk about those two defenders. What's the what's been Colerain's mo? They they can run the ball. Yep. So if you got two guys that can stop the run like that, 
maybe Coleraine should look at going into that pass again because Princeton, they check all the boxes. They, they do. I mean, defensively especially. Yeah. Offensively, I think they're still trying to find what right. are they. They've got two different running backs. Thomas Boyd is a bigger back. Um, you know, James Price is a smaller back. Price had some some good runs. Boyd had a good series where he kind of got things settled and ran for for a couple times for first down. But I, I don't know if they if they have an identity yet on offense. I yeah. thought I thought that offensive line, especially with Paris Johnson, would be able to push uh, Milford around, and it really didn't. Mm-hmm. Now they did gain yards and they won the game thirty eight to seven, but uh, it was a fourteen seven game early in the fourth quarter. So they yeah. were in a dogfight against a Milford team that lost a bunch of people from last year. Their quarterbacks right. back, but they lost a bunch of folks from from yeah, last year. The other thing I don't know about Princeton. I I just don't know the schedule is going to challenge them a ton this year. I well, in the GMC challenge and the Cole Rain game, correct? And correct. you get to, yeah. So I just it'll be interesting to see because I think Prince is one of those teams that's going to come playoffs before you really know what they're going what to they're be. be. I think that's yeah. probably fair. That, that that's that's probably right. Uh, also in the GMC, Sycamore with a fifty to twenty win over Loveland. Sycamore had two hundred and thirty eight yards rushing and held Loveland to one hundred and seventy eight yards in that one. How about Hamilton with a nice win? Mm-hmm. I, I and I saw them last year. I did a TV game for uh, of Hamilton's. Um, and they were young. In fact, yep. the night the night I did the TV game, they ended up having to, to put a freshman running back at quarterback because they were so injured. It was basically just an old single wing stuff. They really couldn't do much out of it. And they were playing a good Coleraine team, yep. and that kind of factored in. But they outgained West Claremont three hundred and seventy to seventy one yards. I know people before the year were telling me, "Don't don't sleep on them." They, yep. they you know they were they didn't have a good year last year, but they've got some talent, and they do. Um, I, I that, that's a good opening win for them. Yeah, I mean, and and what it does, especially in the game of high school football when you talk new coach correct yes so you get the new coach you get new coordinators what that does is kind of solidify if I'm a player on that team and now I see okay this is what we've been taught and look at it working you got you got the quick buy-in yep now you're okay boom I'm bought in now it's it, it's no longer oh I got to go to practice today it's okay what are we going to get done today what's new today what are we what are we building on and that's the environment that's kind of being created at Hamilton right now. That's a, a really good step forward for that team. Yep. Let's, let's hop back to the, the GCL South for a minute, and it's kind of a crossover because you mentioned it a moment ago, LaSalle beating Lakota West 31-7. to uh, They held West to 164 yards. You know, LaSalle had that great run of, of mm-hmm. three state championships, and, and it felt like kind of, okay, that was a great run. You had a good run of talent. The talent kind of dried up a little bit, and, you know, is it ever going to come back? I'm I'm interested to see how this LaSalle team evolves this year. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that was a good opening win for them as well against Tom Bolden's crew. Well, we we've talked going into the season and on last week's show about there's so many unknowns this year, and is it really after one week do we really know much? But there, I know more stuff to watch now. Yes, I want to yeah. see. Okay, is X going to continue to compete with Elder? Can LaSalle get to the top? Because both X and LaSalle have checked the box week one as well. Uh, and and when you have the best kicker in the country. That doesn't hurt. Right. So that that's a thing in high school football. All of a sudden, if you get to like the 30, 35-yard line, you're in field goal range. You don't get that in high school a lot. You don't get the chance to get points on the board. So you add in special teams. That means kickoffs. Oh, where you don't have to worry about no, it is return so, game. It, it, I mean, it, it's a huge aspect. We, you know, we see NFL long snappers and punters and, and kickers right. be so consistent and so good in high school football. It really can be right. a game changer. I mean, I, I'm watching the Princeton Milford game the other night, and and long snaps back to the punter were a complete adventure. Yep. I mean, they, and they just are. Just it's not an right. easy thing to do. Um, so I think we take it for granted, and I think it can be a big part of the game for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think too the people have wanted you know is the is the, the cupboard empty at LaSalle yet because they had that great run. Right. And I think that week one, again, you can take scrimmages for what it's worth, but Lakota West, for all accounts, beat, beat Coleraine in a scrimmage. 
and LaSalle handled Lakota West pretty easy. Yeah. So I think that's a great, great first week for LaSalle. Yeah, LaSalle gets uh, Mason next. Mason coming off a, a surprisingly score-wise 34-7 yeah. loss to Springboro. Uh, maybe a bad first week and maybe not a good season ahead for Mason. We'll find out a little bit more uh, this coming week. Team that really kind of opened eyes, and, and I, I, I knew they were good. You knew they were good. We did their playoff game last year. But Winton Woods went yeah. up and just train wrecked Trotwood Madison. Maya Williams had another typical. It really didn't even have a huge game. He carried for 131 yards, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a huge, huge game for Maya Williams. But their defense is so yeah. good. Um, they, they, I think they, they, they've got to be up there for teams to beat in the state in, in, in Division yeah. Two. And I'm probably not telling people something they don't know. But, man, just to go up to Troutwood and handle them like that, that to me went, okay, they are that good. Yeah, what I, what I tell people about Wenton Woods, I said very rarely in sports can you build hype around a team and then go see the team and still be impressed. Right. So, like, so, so for example, like you could build hype around, you know, you got to go watch this guy play, and you go, and it's like, oh, he's good, but you know, to the hype, I just didn't see it. Like, go see, well, go see Mayan Woods play. Yeah. Go see Mayan Williams, yeah. and you'll walk away and say, okay, I see it. I see it. You, like you that, will. You will. We promise you, you will see right. it. Right. Yeah. So you don't get that all the time because there's there's fake hype and there's hype around people for different reasons, and social media does so much. Go watch them play, and you'll see why the hype around this team is real because they are a real threat. And Mayan Williams is a real candidate for Mr. Ohio. No question. A couple other uh, quick notes uh, in, in Ohio. Just a couple other wins of note. Anderson uh, beat Simon Kenton pretty handily. Anderson beating Simon Kenton didn't surprise me. The, the final score did. I don't know if it says less about Simon Kenton, more about Anderson. And then Turpin with a, with a good opening win over Lakota East, 35-21. So a couple good wins for, yeah. for ECC schools there. And we have to mention defending Division Four State Champ Wyoming, 500 yards total offense in their opening win over Columbus Academy. How about Evan Prater's stat yeah. line? 13-17, 217 yards, two touchdowns, and he ran for 89 yards and four more scores. So he accounted for six of their seven touchdowns in that football game. Uh, yeah, the uh, highest rated recruit ever at UC. Yep. Getting off to a, a great start, and that's more than can be said about a lot of the CHL because if you combine Taylor, Finningtown, Deer Park, and Reading, those four teams had six points combined this week. That's not a good. That's not a good. That's start. not a good stat. A, Indian Hill had a good win though. Indian yeah. Hill, yeah, yeah. But, but Deer yeah. Park shut out. <laughs> Reading shut out. Taylor shut out, shut out. by Lawrenceburg. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, six points for Finningtown. There you go. Um, in not Kentucky, a banner, not, not a banner week. In Kentucky, Covecath off to a two and zero start. They have not allowed a point in their two games to Ryland Campbell County. How about in the Campbell County game? They they I don't even say allowed. That's not the right. They held Campbell County to minus fifty eight yards rushing and minus forty seven yards for the game. Uh, yes. Would you start punting on first down if that if your offense was going backwards like that? Yeah, you have to. Quick the quick kick. You, you, you almost definitely would have to. Uh, Highlands uh, had a tough loss to uh, Knoxville Catholic. Nothing to be ashamed of. 31-28. I still am looking forward to that highlands Cath matchup down the road. And I think Ryle jumped back into to the site in mm-hmm. Kentucky because we took for granted. All right, Covcath shut them out week one. Maybe it says a little bit about, yeah, Covcath still as good as they've been. And Ryle maybe is not so good. But maybe they are. Maybe Covcath is just that good. They went and beat Connor, which got a good opening round, opening week Win at Madison Central, beat them 34-10, to so a good one there. And in Indiana, East Central, beating Oak Hills 28 to nothing, held mm-hmm. Oak Hills to two first downs and 30 total yards of offense. Oak Hills running the wing tee this year. Didn't sound like it got off to such a flaming start. Not a good start. Uh, my guy, uh, Garrett Unit Lawrenceburg, had a good bounce back against he did. Taylor. He did, yes. Uh, Brody Reeder at Little Miami had a good week. It is, you, you mentioned the, the inability to run the ball. And defense is holding teams to minus yard. I've seen that a lot more in football at the start of this year. 
people don't realize like if you can stop the run in high school and you get second and ten and third and ten situations, it's really hard to throw the ball. Well, like and, the, the, and, and the, to me, if you're not running it, obviously that starts up front, right? Yeah. So if you're not running it, chances are those guys aren't going to pass block very well Correct. either. So, I mean, that all kind of comes part, part right. and parcel. The, the running game, when you see teams like Winton Woods and Mayan Williams, that's why it's so important because even if people hold Mayan Williams in check, you're still getting to second and five, right. third right. and three situations, which is a lot easier to, to deal with than third and 12 and things like that. Yeah, taking a five-step drop and having a guy in your face when you put that back foot down, that's, a, that's not a good way to go for Correct. sure. All right, when we continue, we got some NFL and Bengals to talk. It's week one of the NFL season, and we still got a big college football segment with UC and Ohio State looming on Saturday in Columbus. Gonna, you weren't going to talk about Roger Bacon? Uh, oh, the fight? Yeah, I guess I guess we could for a second. Uh, the Roger Bacon-Dunbar game. Yeah. I, I, have you seen the video? Yes. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a player go after an official like that. Have you? Well, I, I've seen players get angry with officials. You may occasionally you yeah. know, put your hand on one and, and you immediately regret it. I mean, that, that, that official looked absolutely fearful of that kid in the, in the moment. Yeah, and you could and tell. And I get it. I mean, you could tell the helmet. I mean, it wasn't a light shot. It no. was a headbutt with his helmet on. And the scary thing is, if coaches and players weren't out there, he was going after the other official. Oh, I know he was. And and, and who knows, in that rage, if he would have got to that official, what would have happened? I, it, it, that's a great question. I mean, that is that is one of the, the scarier things that, that I've seen on a high school football field. I agree field. with you. And, and obviously, there's no place in football for behavior like that. And it takes away from, you know, Roger Bacon's got a really good running back who you want to see more right. of, and, and you don't get a chance to because of situations like that yeah no I, I i until i saw the video you know i'd heard i'd heard what taken had taken place on on friday the video though was even more eye-opening to me just yeah. watching the rage of that 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 kid yeah, holy a, cow yep he can't ever play again no, right no i mean it's no a pretty chance. simple decision yep okay can't put him back out all there. right all right when we continue we will talk some bengals in nfl college football and more it's the angry quarterbacks i'm richard skinner he's tony pike from the james rapine memorial studio and your friends at esp media Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome into segment two of week two of the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike. This segment we'll talk NFL football. We just got done with high school, and college football is still uh, on the horizon in seg- segment three. All right, let's uh, we'll talk Bengals, but I do want to talk some other NFL topics with you as well, Tony. Um, offensive line-wise, we don't know about Cordy Glenn still. Um, he still was in concussion protocol as of Monday. Yeah. The, the the week itself in the NFL doesn't start till Wednesday, so I don't think you push the panic button until you see tomorrow whether Cordy Glenn lines up or not, but... The scenario of 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 Bobby Hart in a noisy mm. in a noisy mm. uh, Seattle Stadium, CenturyLink Field, and Andre Smith at a left tackle, it, it has me scratching my head. Now we we talked to Zach Taylor a little bit yesterday about that, and the question was phrased: You know, your offensive line group, man, it's it's, it's kind of maligned. Is there a way? You know, the, do they they play with a chip because of that? And is there a way you can scheme around it? I think there are things that they want to do in that offense to scheme around it. You've seen it, the quick passing game, yep. um, and all of those things. But some of it's predicated on can they run the football? Yep. And if they run the football, then they want to hit the home run with the play action pass. And eventually, if all you've got is that short passing game, you were in the league. What happens to safeties and corners and linebackers? Yep. They bunch it all up. You're playing right. in a phone booth. There's there's nowhere to go for that that short passing game. Um, I, I'm I, I, there's so much unknown for this team going into that game. 
because I, I don't know what the Zach Taylor offense will look like, other than some of the things I've seen in camp. But I don't know what it's going to be like in a real game against another team and a quality team that just got one of the better pass rushers in the league in a trade. Oh, yeah, that Jadavion Clowney guy. Yeah, that guy. Mm. That guy. Uh, so we're worst case scenario, we're looking at Trey Hopkins, Michael Jordan, a rookie, mm-hmm. and a Bobby Hart or Andre Smith. At tackle blocking Jadavion Clowney. Both. Or both. In, a, in, in one of the loudest environments, Correct. if not the loudest. Look, if I, I look at this from a Seattle point of view. If I'm a Seattle defensive coach and I'm coming into this game, my game plan would be make them beat us downfield, and when they do, we'll adjust. We're not going to come in and let them dink and dunk and, and let them run the ball for four or five yards of play. If they beat us downfield, and if they show the ability to do that, then we make an adjustment. But until that until that happens, I don't see them not ramping up pressure. I don't see them not loading up the box because you know going in that the focal point should and will be Joe Mixon right, right now. Right. And I, I think that's a that's an uphill battle when you're talking about not knowing if you're gonna have Cordy Glenn when you know you don't have AJ Green and and, and you know you have questions on the defensive side, so offensively, you got to maintain drives. It's tough to do that when a team is saying, no, we're not going to let you maintain a long drive. John Ross says he feels like he's faster than ever. Um, he feels good. Um, he feels positive. He's looking forward to going oh, back to where he played okay. college football. You, you mentioned hitting the home runs. I mean, there, there's the, that's what he was drafted to do. Yes, I mean, you have to. And, and how many times in the last couple of years have we said, man, I just wish they would take a shot early in the game? Man, I wish they would give John Ross or A.J. Green a shot down the field early just to let it be known, like, hey, this is an option for us right. this week. Because we, we didn't see it in the last, last couple of years till it was, well, they're down 10 or they're down 14. Now they're taking a shot. Now we, everything we've seen to this point is aggressive from Zach Taylor. So take that shot early. See if John Ross can get over the top of right, the defense. Right. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested than anything for the John Ross element and for Zach Taylor to just see a full game plan yes I want to yeah. see the formations yeah. I want to see the motions I want to see schematically where this team's at because in the preseason we didn't see a lot you didn't see a ton but schematically no matter who was at receiver there was more separation mm-hmm. they were throwing to open receivers yeah they were so I want to see if that translates to and, week one and I will say this they, they the first team offense did not run the ball well at all in the preseason right. 21 yards on 12 carries Joe Mixon only touched it once they said they didn't show a lot of the run game I'm going to take him at their word until I see otherwise um but they did protect Andy Dalton. Uh, he, he wasn't sacked in the preseason. He got hit one time, and some of that is that quick passing game, get it out of his hands, all of those things. Yep. So I guess there are some positives there to look at if you, if, you, if you want to look at them. It's just on paper, it's hard to have a lot of faith in that offensive line. On paper. Yeah, and, and, and that's going to be not only on paper, it's what we've seen the last couple of years. There hasn't been the drastic changes in the offseason. I mean, it's not like this team was active with free agent splashes. Your your number one overall draft pick is not playing right because of a shoulder injury. So there there is what we know from the previous year, and until that is rewritten or until that's changed, then that's all we know. Right. So right, uh, I I can I can speak from not playing but being on the sideline in Seattle. It is not easy. I believe the, no. I, yeah, the I, believe noise, it. I believe the, it. The environment, the home opener, all that stuff is working against you. You have to have someone in the huddle both offensively and defensively, that's going to right the ship when things start going wrong. And, and for, for the Bengals, I want to see who that is. You know Andy Dalton is that, but who else? Who's going to step up on that offensive line and, and, and settle the guys down? At receiver, right. is, that, is Tyler Boyd ready to do that? 
you know, at, at this point of his career. So there's a lot to be said, and, and I think it's it's interesting. ESPN did a, a thing on their website. They simulated every game of the 2019 season, and they have the Bengals winning in Seattle. Really? Week one. But do you know how that simulation finishes? How, how does it <laughs> Cincinnati on the clock. After finishing with just three wins, the Bengals edge out the Panthers for the number one pick in 2020. So, wait a minute, so they have them winning yes. game one and then finishing three and 13. Yep. How does they that happen? Them, they have them beating um, Arizona, Seattle, and Miami. Well, Miami's tanking their season, right. obviously. I mean, That's they, their only three Miami, wins. Miami very, by the way, Miami very quickly decided that, that Josh, yeah. Josh Rosen came, we saw, we don't like... We're moving on without him. We're moving forward without him, and we're going to tank our season so we can draft the quarterback next year. Right. Um, I would say this: if the Bengals win in Seattle, they will not. They will. They will. They will win at least seven games. There you go. I mean, the, the, there no. you go. Diesel <laughs> Pete. Yeah, that's insane to me. Cincinnati on the clock. That's crazy. Now take it for what it's worth, because I think in week two, it has them losing to, to San Francisco. To San Francisco on like a score that's, I mean, just ridiculously. Do they? Do they? Okay. Forty-five, forty-two. Oh wow! Buffalo week two. <laughs> okay, good good work there. Yep, good work there. Um, I the, the other thing on the defensive side, um, there weren't many personnel changes. You right. do get Carl Lawson back. Um, you drafted Jermaine Pratt, but he did not crack the starting lineup. Hasn't yet. Uh, you're down your slot corner from last year in Darquez Denard. So in theory, you're you're down that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in what Luana Rumo can do schematically as well. They only kept yeah. four linebackers. Very which, interesting, which tells me. We saw it some in training camp, that five-man front, the 5-2 yep. uh, look on first down base defense stuff, and, and Carl Lawson being kind of that extra guy. And they, they mixed and matched it. They had, uh, sometimes it would be Lawson, Dunlap, Atkins, Sam Hubbard inside, and Billings or Glasgow. Sometimes it was Hubbard and Dunlap on the outside, and a mixture of three different guys on the inside. It was just, it was always a mixture yeah. of, 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 of guys. Um but I, when they kept the four linebackers, that told me, I don't think we're going to see them in 4-3 base much. I think we're yeah. going to see that big defensive line look. And the times we saw it in camp, I thought it looked really good. Carl Lawson looked really good in camp. And they kind of baby-stepped him through the preseason yeah. to make sure he got, got here healthy. I think he can be a difference maker for them. You sound like we're going through like soccer formations now. Yes, correct. 3-3-4-1, three, 5-4-2. Three, <laughs> This is the five. four three four. Well, they also hang on, they also had the five one five. See, see though, if, if they they played some with Clayton Fejlum in there yep. as an extra linebacker, so they actually or four one six. Yeah. How about the four one six? There you go. See, I, I like the thought process because it's something different. Agreed. And it's something like the three four people see. You see the four down linemen. People see if you're going to throw five different guys and change up the personnel like they have been because they can. Right. That's why they, I mean they kept eleven defensive linemen, and that tells me yeah, yeah you're going to probably have ten up on right. act, active on a game day. And you have Carl Lawson who can rush and drop in coverage. I think Sam Hubbard. Sam can do Hubbard it. can rush and drop in coverage. So you have so can Carlos Dunlap right. with his long arms. So you have guys that can do both. Right. That makes it tough on a defense to decipher. Okay, who's coming? Who do we got to block? Where do we got to shift the line? Things I, like that. I'm really interested to see yeah. it in action because if I, you're going to bring, I think it can work with this group. Right. If you're going to bring blitzes, I mean. Trying to do something new in the NFL is hard because so many people have already seen it before. But from what we've seen, they have the ability to do something I haven't seen a lot of across the league, and that starts with the personnel they have, both the good personnel on the defensive line yes. and the lack of depth at linebacker, and just saying, okay, these, we just don't know where we're at with linebackers, so let's, let's find a way to combat that. 
And that is the case. Not all five have to rush every time. Correct. Four can rush, three can rush, two can rush. And you can rush five and rush right. an extra linebacker. I, I, right. I think there's a lot of... I think it's playing to your skill set, number one. And also in this league, you're very rarely in a three-linebacker set right. anyway. Um, so I, it, it gets your better athletes on the field. I, yeah. I, I think it's a great idea. And I'm, I'm, They didn't show it in the preseason. I get it. You're not going to try to put that on tape. But we did see them rep it a bunch in, in camp. And it feels like... After you see the roster construction, that okay, yeah. they don't they, they realize they don't need three linebackers a lot of times in their base stuff. That they're only going to use two, so hence you got two there and then two backups yeah. um, and, and five linemen at a time. I, I, it's the only thing that I think that can make this defense better is doing something different yeah. schematically. And yeah. a guy like Carl Lawson taking that next step. He, his rookie year was great. Right. Last year, um, he said he thought he had a better year, but he said he didn't finish plays and didn't. He said he you know and he didn't. He only had one quarterback sack. Right, but. He he looked like an absolute train wrecker in in training camp. Yeah, I think he's a guy that gets double digit sacks this year. I do given too. The opportunity. I do too. But I mean, they have to because if they came out and didn't make any roster adjustments right. in and the offseason, just try to go standard four and three, try to go four three again, and you get torched, it's not going to work. Yeah. So at least with this, you can say, look, they're trying. They're 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 trying something new. They realize there there's a deficiency there. They realize how bad they were last year. They're attempting to be better by trying something new and not just saying, well, we'll just just keep running them out there. Let's figure it out. Yep. You got a Super Bowl winner? You got an AFC and NFC winner for me? Oh, man. Are you heading to the sports book in, in Lawrenceburg to, to put your future bet be. down on that, huh? I need to be. I need to be. I, I, think, the, I think the Chiefs are going to be I think they're really, really, good. really tough to beat. I think a, a low-key um, pickup for them is LaShawn McCoy. I still think McCoy has a little bit left. Uh, they are. They're going to have Tyreek Hill. I think they're going to be really tough to beat in the AFC and in the NFC. I'm just. I'm not ready. I still think he's got one run in him. I think the the New Orleans Saints are just really good. I could see the Saints and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I think it. You know, what I think is crazy about the talk in the NFL right now is people thinking that if Zeke Elliott doesn't play, that the Cowboys will automatically make the playoffs. It's like, yeah. well, if, if Zeke doesn't play, but he comes back for the playoffs. Who says they're going to make the playoffs with how that roster is, is constructed? Correct. Zeke's a big. I don't. I, I've yet to see Dak Prescott with a full workload without Ezekiel Elliott be the well but be the guy. You 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 gave him Amari Cooper last year and it did help a ton. I mean, let's face that it did help him a ton. He got himself a legitimate wide receiver to throw the football to, so that helped. But yeah, I mean. And and the rumblings are that Zeke may not be ready for Week One. They may get this deal done in time for Week Two, um, and and all will be right with the world for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but yeah, I, is this the year? And we I do this. I feel, I feel like I've done this for the last five years because New England made all those trades for offensive linemen mm-hmm. in, in camp, and, and they're usually good at finding those guys and plugging and playing them. But is that a sign that maybe this is this is the start of the decline or no? I think so. Uh, I think that, that where where this team is, they've been at the top for so long uh, that it, it has to hit that point at some at, at some time. Now I think they'll rely heavily on James White and the running back, Sony Michelle in the backfield, Sony Michelle. Uh, but I mean, how much elite does Edelman have left? Do they revive Josh Gordon? Do they revive Demarius Thomas? Uh, it just feels like a lot of. This has to happen for New England. Yeah, but it always seems to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and again, it, it's because they have the ageless wonder like still playing it's quarterback. It's like we said in high school and Corey, until someone knocks them off, right. and you can't write right. them off. But to me, the whole NFL as a whole—I mean, there's—you go down rosters. There's a lot of unknowns this year. Like the Bills and Jets are going to be better. What's Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Right. What is 
Roethlisberger without Antonio how, Brown and how, Le'Veon how, Bell. How is that potential three-ring circus in Cleveland right. going to unfold? What's that? I mean, you look, the Colts are a, a cluster right now. The, the Jaguars finally have a quarterback in Nick Foles. The Chargers and Melvin Gordon, who knows what happens there? What are the Raiders going to be and, and, and the John Gruden? I mean, the Niners should be better. Is, is Todd Gurley healthy? For the, the Los Angeles yeah, Rams. Yeah, did, did, like pe- did people catch on from, from right. what the Patriots did in the Super Bowl? Right. Like, the Bears should be really good. Yep. Can't forget about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's, you know, from the the Eagles, from, from top to bottom, it doesn't seem like, again, like in high school this year, it doesn't seem like there's a clear cut, this is the favorite, right. no matter what. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. All right, who wins the AFC North? Uh, you know what? I, I Just based off talent alone, I have to say Cleveland. And I'm not saying because Cleveland goes out and wins 11 or 12 games. I'm saying it's because I don't trust Juju Smith and James Conner yet. And I don't trust Lamar Jackson when teams have a full offseason to prepare yeah, for Yeah, I, 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 I think that, that offense has a yeah. short shelf life. I yeah. do. I mean, good for them. They made the change. They yeah. rolled the dice on it. They relied heavily on Lamar. Lamar the, is a special and athlete. to that point, they go get Mark Ingram. Right. They get uh, Hollywood Brown in the draft from Oklahoma to try to get a over the a top. deep over the top yep. threat. So you know, I think it can be a, a good division race, but I just think the Browns, with the talent they have, I think it's bumpy at first, but I think they figure stuff out. And then again, you you get the the last part of the year they get Kareem Hunt back, and you can say off the field what Kareem Hunt on the field Kareem Hunt's a difference maker, no question. And you're going to match him up with with Chubb at running back. And that offense is going to be really tough down the stretch. It, it means a lot having a fresh guy come in down the stretch when you got the rigors of the season and the physical toll. That's going to be Kareem Hunt at the end. Yeah. yeah. So, so the Browns just the on Browns. talent. Browns, the on, Browns talent. on talent. I like it. Right. And I think because the rest of the division beats itself up. Well, that, that's possible too. And the Bengals yeah. only won three games according to ESPN. Yep. After starting 1-0. Well, and no. How about Correct. that? So not, not a, a good start and not a very good finish in no. Zach Taylor's first year is what no. you're saying. All right. When we continue, we'll talk some college football as the UC Bearcats travel up I-71 to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, Can they game. pull the upset, Tony Pike? Save that thought. We'll talk about it next when we continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio from your friends at ESP Media. Are you looking to produce your own podcast? ESP Media has state-of-the-art audio and video production studios available for you. Our studio rental rates are the most competitive in town. Contact us today at sales at ESPmediaSN.com or 513-655-4966. That's 513-655-4966. It's your podcast. We just produce it. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks. It's week two of this year's podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. With the real quarterback, Tony Pike, we talked a lot of high school football in segment one. Bengals in the NFL last segment. Now it's time for some college football. The big game, of course, this week. UC travels up I-71 to take on the Ohio State University. And midway through the first quarter of Ohio State's game against Florida Atlantic, I thought... Well, I thought UC had a puncher's chance, but now, boy, just go up there and don't embarrass yourself. But as that game evolved and unfolded, I thought, huh, maybe UC does have have at least a chance to go up there. What say you? Because you will be there broadcasting from the sideline. The, The number one thing I'm telling people right now leading up to this week, the fact that people can ask the question, does UC have a chance this week, shows how far the program's come in the last two or three years. Yeah. From the Tommy Tuberville, um... Storm, 
that was. I mean, it, it was just a bad time at UC. No question. If this is three years ago, no, this, it's going to be 50 to nothing. Now, the fact that you can even talk about it being a game, I think changes a lot. Now, UC struggled to tackle last week against UCLA. Uh, last week against UCLA, a missed tackle probably goes from two yards to 10 yards. Right. A missed tackle this week Gone. goes from two yards to it's a six touchdown. Points, yeah. It's a six-point swing. So you got to tackle in space. James Wiggins being out for the year kills them because he was their best. Although, I, I will say, and Javon, Javon Hicks played. Had, he did yeah. have the missed tackle on the 80-yard yeah. touchdown. But he had an interception. It, he had a fumble recovery. Yeah, I mean, it, so it, right. at least it was a competent performance right, but, and a good start for but him. But, but he's not Wiggins, James Wiggins James either. Wiggins, you had a guy that's been right, there. no doubt. An environment like Ohio State is something completely different as well. You're going to be seeing a lot of different stuff. But I thought as a whole, after the first series, the defense played really well I against they were UCLA. Physical. I was impressed with that. Perry Young coming back from a knee injury uh, was flying all over the field. So I look at that and I say defensively, yeah, they, they, they have a chance. Now, offensively, we talked all offseason about this four-headed running back monster. Tavion Thomas didn't dress last right. week. Charles McClellan's out for the year with an ACL. Jared Dokes got banged up. Michael Warren had to leave for a series. That, that is detrimental to this team because their strength is that power running game. Right. Uh, so you, you, you have to tackle in space. You can't have what felt like 20 false start penalties like they had against but how much is that? How much of that is game a lot one of that, stuff? Yeah, a lot of that's game one. And the, the biggest thing, I think, from this, this game, you can't miss field goals. Like you come down. Well, especially extremely right. makeable ones. I mean, no, I'm saying if you, if you drive down the first series against Ohio State and you miss a 35-yard field goal, not, not good. Because you could at least take some momentum. Right. Now, you know what you have in punter James Smith, who's phenomenal. Ray Guy finalist last year. You've got to sure up the kicking game because a missed field goal or a blocked field goal or a return, something like that in this game at Ohio State changes the momentum completely. So those three things to me, tackle better. Uh, You've you got to cut down the penalties. And, and you, gotta, you, you, cannot, you cannot come out with a minus two and a missed field goal on the turnover differential. What did you think of Desmond Ritter's performance? I thought he was solid. Yeah. I think there was a couple times he was a step late. The interception, he was a step late. He underthrew a couple deep balls where he was one hitch too late. Uh, but it's just timing stuff. And I think so much of Des Ritter, he wants to be perfect with everything, that sometimes you just got to let it go and, and trust the guys to make that you play. have around yeah. you. I mean, yeah. you have a really good tight end group. You have a, a improved receiving core. And I think this week he's going to be asked to make a, a couple more plays with his legs. And, and we've seen and we talked about it with Elder at the high school level, adding an extra blocker evening out the numbers uh, for the defense can create holes in the running game. And if they're struggling with the Ohio State defensive front, look for Des Ritter to get a couple runs and, and move the pocket a little bit. But I thought overall, Des was really solid. Yeah, I, I, I go back to that game, the, the win over UCLA. Look, UCLA is not a good team, and they were missing some key. But their quarterback. Missing Joshua Kelly hurt Man, them in the backfield. 26. Yeah, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he's just he was a highly regarded recruit, and I just don't see the light bulb going off. You know, but that said, and some people have tried to kind of crap on this win a little bit to me and, and say, well, you know, UCLA stinks. I'll give you UCLA isn't good, but they still have some dudes, and it's still UCLA, and it wasn't like you eked out a last-second victory. I thought UC, yeah. look, you got a little lucky on the turnover where the quarterback right. just drops the football, you, yep. you, you got, and you got an unfortunate circumstance the other way when you threw the interception at the goal yeah. line. Michael Warren, the non-fumble Yeah, the non-fumble, yeah, but... You never really I, I felt you, like they weren't in control. Right, I thought UC was clearly the better team. Yeah. Not just the better team, but clearly the better team. Yeah, there was never a moment where I was like, ah, I don't know. If, like, 
It always felt like UC, UC was the better team. And going in, those around the program, like yourself, like my friend Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal, um, and others, um, were talking about this in terms of being a tough o- I thought it was a tough opening game from before it was even played for a lot of different reasons. UCLA got better as last year went on. Expectations for UC this year are different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a tough game out there, and it, they could just flip the... No, I, UC was the better team. Right. And that's, where I, that's why I, I feel... Like, they do have a puncher's chance at Ohio State. Now, for a, for a period of time, Ohio State looked superb. Justin Fields looked like he was uh, the greatest pickup ever, for yep. goodness sakes, for about a quarter and a half. And then things kind of settled in. Now, I don't know. You've been in those games, Tony, where you get a big lead, and for whatever reason, focus wanes. Um, there's not as much of a sense of urgency. And maybe that happened, yeah. or maybe Florida Atlantic made some some adjustments, and Cincinnati's a better team than Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I, I think the adjustment has to be coming in, much like we talked about Seattle versus the Bengals. I want to see Justin Fields throw the ball. I do too. I want to say make him make him throw because he you, was throwing to wide open yeah, people. You've talked about depth, and you've talked about how well the corners and secondary have played in preseason. Let's see it. I mean, it, and again, then you make your adjustments accordingly. But it's it would be criminal to come in and and just play a drop seven and let them run the ball five six seven right. yards at a time right like, let me let's see what justin fields does throw on the ball and the the biggest thing for me to have a puncher's chance you go in there and punch him in the mouth early we haven't seen coach day against adversity yet mm-hmm. we haven't seen justin fields against adversity yet they were 28 points against florida atlantic that takes all the pressure off in the first six minutes right let's see a little bit different let's see Let's see that to stay around the first quarter, the second quarter, hang around at halftime, and see if they they clench up and maybe tighten up a little bit. I mean, it, it's it's the it's the it's the the typical a team with everything to lose versus a team with nothing to lose. Yeah, no. Ohio right. State loses this; their season's done. UC loses this. Okay, regroup and still have a chance to go win the AAC. Yeah, no, I I I, I think it's a great yep. scenario for them, and, and um, I. I I feel better about it after I watch the extended part of the Ohio State game. And again, I'll give some benefit of the doubt of you get a big lead, you get bored, your focus goes away, all of those things. Yep. But I also saw Justin Fields early in the game throwing to a lot of wide open dudes. Yes. Even no one you, even you could make those I throws. Could make in your that, I might have been able to run that touchdown he ran. I, I think even you could have run that yeah. touchdown in. Um, but then Florida Atlantic started to play, and and it, things got a lot tougher on Justin yep. Fields. I'm, I'm with. I, and I think I, we said that before the season started. I. All I ever really saw him at Georgia was they put him in as a change of pace running quarterback. Yep. No, he's recruited by for more than that, and he he showed he's got a nice arm and can do some things in the passing game. But when he has to make key throws, tough throws, can he do it? Right. And yeah. and and my my thing going in is prove to me that you can. Correct. Make Correct. him make him do it. Did did anything you saw in the first week of college football make you think it's anything other than than the Alabama, Clemson's, Georgias of the world that we're looking at? I, I've got I've got a sneaky I got another sneaky team I'm going to throw at you in a second. The Jalen Hurts performance. I was happy Houston, for him, man. I, I, I mean, 508 total yards. But you know, somewhere along the way, Oklahoma's going to stumble with something. Yeah. they just are. They will. It just it just feels like with Jalen Hurts, like he has so much that he wants to prove. But he's another guy. If I'm playing against him, I'm going to say, yep. "You're going to have to throw the ball, my man. You're yep. going to have to throw the ball to beat us." 100%. That's how he lost his job. I mean, two was a better thrower. Yep. And then I will say from from week one. Auburn is a team that I'll watch going forward. Bo Nix is just going to get better. Their defensive line is incredible. Now, I thought Oregon, and it drives me nuts, Oregon gets a lead and they just yep. play to hold on yep. instead of going and winning. You could feel the momentum change. Uh, I think Auburn's a team that can be sneaky 
and, and maybe get themselves in. Now, obviously, the SEC schedule is going to be tough, but the bottom half of the SEC is not good at all. No, I mean, Tennessee it, it was losing, funny. It was, it was, Ole Miss a, it was a really good week for the SEC on the one hand because of the Auburn win. I mean, the Auburn win basically takes the Pac-12 out of the equation now. Yes, I mean, it really, it really does. Yep. Um, the SEC had some good, really good wins like that. I mean, Alabama looked really good. Yep. LSU looked good. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of my sneaky team. Joe yep. Burrow, and again, I know it's Georgia Southern, but boy, he looked really, really Tough good. Tough test this week. I know. At Texas. At Texas. Home dog. Yeah, and A&M's got, uh, got Clemson, so we'll see yep. what the SEC is maybe made of a little bit more. But man, some of the bottom, that Tennessee, you can't lose. Georgia State won two games yeah. last year. Tennessee, I watched Ole Miss-Memphis. And Memphis is I good. think Memphis is pretty good. Memphis is really good, but Ole Miss offensively was just inept. I mean, it was there. There was a lot of teams I walked away like, oh, that's that's disappointing. But there's other teams like, and I look at like UC's behalf. Going to Memphis is going to be really hard. It is. Uh, they're, they're going going to Houston against Derek King is going to be really hard. Now he looked have, like he looked like he got better as that yeah, game went along. They they have defensive issues. But a new coach is yeah, going to get better as they go. They, they do, but well, there's defensive issues also because Oklahoma's that good right. offensively. I this mean, is Lincoln Riley. He's had the last two Heisman right, winners, right? And he, he could very well have a third this year. Yeah, no, well, I, he'll be in the discussion for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he continues putting numbers up like that, yep. Um, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting week one to me. Um, not a lot of great matchups. There's not a lot of there's a couple of good ones this weekend, but not a lot of yeah. great ones again. I think we'll see a lot more of this when we get into some conference play. Yeah, and I, I thought too. Georgia handled their business like you would want a team like. Yeah, that I to watched be. a little bit of that. Um, I just I, I like watching them play offensively. They're just a fun. Well, yeah, and they're 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 a team that lost a bunch of wide receivers to to to, uh, to the NFL or graduation. Yeah. Um, they still have the quarterback back. They still got dudes on defense. They they, they are to me, they're the third best team in the country. Yeah. Behind Bama and Clemson. It was weird. The game was at Vanderbilt. It, there was a picture. It looked like it was. Look, all it's all red. Georgia. Yeah. It was. It was incredible. It was and crazy. I got a special shout out, my guy Chase Wolf. Huge block on a touchdown against South Florida. How about South that? Florida, Charlie Strong. Wow, oh, wow. That that to me is the interesting about Week One is how quick coaches you like. Okay, like Taggart at Florida State. That seat's really hot. Yeah, that was a bad. I mean, they were they were yep they were winning handily in the first Charlie half. Charlie Strong, South Florida seats getting hot. Yes, it's getting very hot. Yep. Yeah, that was not good. I, I I'm in a I'm in a picks league where you pick twelve games with confidence. And unfortunately, yep. I went nine and three. I won the week. Which was good, but uh, one of my losses, I took South Florida in the points. I'd like, to, can I get that back? Nope, that was, that was you know, and, it's and not a very wise pick. One other team they won, but I was a little disappointed in because there's been so much hype around Nebraska. I just yeah. didn't see it in their first game. I mean, they needed a defensive touchdown yeah. basically to hold on against South like it, South Alabama. Yeah, like, and, it, and it's basically I get it, it's the Scott Frost hype, and I get what he I did think at everybody UCF. thought he was gonna he was gonna rekindle the magic at Nebraska very quickly, right. and I think what you're starting to see is. Back in the day when you could get the farm-fed kids, mm-hmm. pump them full of steroids and, and tell them to go block and, yep. and whatnot, you could win. Those kids don't want to go to Nebraska anymore. They just don't. Right. I mean, that's just what it is. Yep. So it's, it, if you don't get the, the Jimmys and Joes, man, you ain't got a chance. Correct. Are you looking forward to Saturday? I am. Yeah. I am. I, I think, again, it's a, it's a chance. And, and I think when you walk all away, you all you want is to go into that game and say, you know what, we, might, we, we have a chance to do something. Last year, there were 15.5-point underdogs to UCLA on the road. 16.5 this week. I like the points. Make something happen. You may have to stop at that, that place in Lawrenceburg. Mm. What's it called? It's a casino. Yeah. Hollywood. It's now take sports bets, too. Yep. Sportsbook. Mm. There you go. All right, Tone. Appreciate it as always. Love Enjoy it. Columbus. We'll be back uh, a week from now to talk some more. Don't forget ESP Media. Friday night, we'll have Princeton and Withrow for you. Of course, ESP Media also doing Molar Games, Loveland Games, but I'll be broadcasting the Princeton game this Friday. We'll be back to talk high school football. Week one of the NFL as I come back from a 
quick weekend trip to Seattle. Never been there. I'm looking for. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Hey, good coffee. That's what I've heard. And it rains a lot. Uh, that's what I've heard too. And it's loud. That's what I've heard as well. I'm going to find go. that out firsthand Trifecta. this weekend. It's a long trip out there, man. Four when hour, you leave. Four, I'm leaving Saturday morning at oh. eight. I get to Seattle at two thirty in the afternoon. I'm, I'm hoping, and I think usually on the West Coast flights you get that TV in the back yep. of the back of the seat in front of you. Yep. I'm hoping for that because I want to watch. Well, I'll, I'll be in LAX to watch part of the UC game. Yeah, I, I, I told Mo earlier this week. I don't know how you see fair, but I'm guessing that there'll be a point on Friday night, 10 to midnight, where Mo has talked himself and others around him into UC winning. <laughs> he did it at Michigan two years ago, and he had the whole bar believing. I'm, I'm willing to say it between 10 and midnight. Is that liquid courage yep. that kind of kind of raises itself? Between 10 and midnight, he's going to have a line like, if UC wins tomorrow, I'm going to be back and I'm going to burn this place down. <laughs> That that's going to happen on on Friday night, and he's going to have people around like we can do this. And you, then we'll go from there. You start to believe in that too, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Oh, man. You're you're, you're ready to put put the I pads on and go. I got chills. <laughs> Here you Let's go. go. All right, we'll be back to talk about that game and much much more. High school, NFL, college football. It's the angry quarterbacks for Tony Pike. I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us from the James Rapine Memorial Studio and your friends at ESP Media.